0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In
1: 49 other states, football is just a game. But this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers. the lombardi trophy is coming home wisconsin fans demand the best the best analysis the best interviews the best coverage and no one delivers like the bill michaels huddle
2: Good evening, it's the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good in many different flavors. Go to BudLight.com. Only 100 calories. We are glad you are with us tonight. I am personally looking forward to the game coming up this evening. I am excited. The Buccaneers are on the road at Soldier Field taking on the Chicago Bears. Which team is going to come away with a 4-1 and record coming up tonight? And uh, I'm looking forward to that game. We'll talk more about that coming up here in a little bit. Meanwhile, alongside the panel tonight, our good buddy Scott Gradsky from CBS 58 is here. Scott, how you doing? Good. How you been? Been a while. I'm doing well. It's a, it's a. I know we're not sitting in a bar. It's a weird way to do it, but nevertheless, uh, at least we're all safe. We're able to talk about football, and we're unlike the Tennessee
3: Titans where we're spreading
2: COVID, I guess, right?
3: Yeah. No. You know what? We got football to talk about, so I'm, I'm good. The bar, the bar, we you can take to- it or leave it, but no football. No be a problem. problem.
2: I completely agree. And then we've got our buddy Earl Arms. Earl worked a long time with CBS 58. And now he's with PBS in Milwaukee. Earl, how you been? <laughs>
4: Bill, I'm doing all right. It's been a minute. How are you?
2: It's been a minute or two. We're doing well. We're doing well. So we're glad to have you back on with us. Thanks so much. Uh, guys, uh, a lot to get into. The first quarter. I, so just so you know. Where are where you at? You're from home?
4: I said the bar is at home. That's where you, uh, oh, you got to do the okay. bar
2: nowadays. No, I completely <laughs> understand. You know, and I was even thinking about that. I thought uh, because I've got a bar here in the house, uh, both one outside and inside. And I thought, you know what? I should probably just have people come over if we're if we're all good, we're all socially distant, we're all wearing the masks. Maybe we just set this all up downstairs, and we're still able to you know have bar food and hang out and turn TVs on. But we're actually in a bar environment doing the program. So maybe next time we get that together. Uh, the, you this team come is home. That's the way to do it. No, exactly. I, I completely concur. Uh, This Packers team is sitting at the quarter point, and uh, they are undefeated. So, uh, Scott, I'll start with you. Um, Tell me what you've noticed through the first quarter of the season.
3: I've noticed that for all anyone wants to talk about with the weapons of the Packers and the lack of weapons of the Packers and the first-round picks and the second-round picks and whatever other, the best weapon they have is Matt LaFleur. And I think that's what everyone was hoping would happen when they hired a guy who – Let's be honest. No one really knew much about the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans until the name pops up. And then every Packers fan does their research on him and the 10 other guys. Uh, but this is what you were hoping for is that that he was going to bring a fresher offense, a newer offense and something that would change things up in a positive way. And in year one, you saw it a little bit, but he didn't really go that deep into the playbook in year one. And and it was they won because they stayed healthy. They won because their defense took steps forward, and they won because they were a, a good team. What he's been doing so far in the first four weeks has turned them into a great team, and to me, it's the best thing you could have hoped for as a Packers fan in getting the new coach is what LaFleur has done this year.
2: Earl, I'll ask you the same question. So what specifically have you taken away from this team's success in the first portion of the season?
4: I hate to be, uh, to, to ruin this optimism that uh, Scott brought uh, to the season, to the show. Um, but, but I mean, not to, not that I don't think the Packers are going to do well this year. Um, I'm just kind of waiting on the, the the shooter drop, so to speak. You know, they're four and they haven't turned the ball over. They haven't played in front of a crowd yet. Um, you've had no type of inc- uh, inclement weather to worry about. So I mean, besides what uh, Kenny Clark and Devontae Adams, what uh, significant uh, injuries you know, do you have that you have to worry about for uh, the remainder of the, the season? Um, I'm just wondering when that adversity comes, are the Packers going to be able to get over their hump? And I think it alludes to uh, Scott's point of Matt LaFleur uh, being a good, a good coach. We're going to really see uh, how great of a coach he is and how great of a football team this is. Uh, once that adversity comes and they're able to get over it. Because I think with the injuries that have happened to San Francisco, um, I think the way the Packers are looking now, the way that the floor is going into that playbook, the Packers are very much, uh, if not the team to beat, one of the teams to beat uh, in the NFC for sure. So uh, once that adversity comes, let's see what happens. Let's see what the Packers do. But I think they have the tools and the leadership to uh, get over anything that comes their way.
3: Yeah, Scott, you know, Earl and I worked together for Good. a long time. This is going to be a real strange couple hours if I'm the optimistic <laughs> one here. <laughs> I, uh, I I look at it this way, though, and and, and Scott,
2: I'll go back to you, that the, the Packers have, have trailed once. They have basically either stayed up with or in front of their opponent almost the entire time. They've not been down by a couple of scores. They've not turned the ball over. Uh, go, so going back to what Earl says, um, the one thing that I find probably intriguing and maybe you do as well but I want to see what happens when they turn the ball over they give up a couple of scores all of a sudden they're down and they have to move the football or time becomes a uh, of the essence and they get a score and then that defense has to hold somebody. I, I think when Earl talks about facing adversity uh, I get it I, I that's what I'm it's not that I want to see them get down and, and play a problematic game. It's that I just I, you know it's eventually going to happen and we haven't seen that yet, you know.
3: Yes yeah, see and to me I, I can understand that, but I also think they, they've faced more adversity than you give them credit for when they're for own you you there are so many positives and you're looking for for things that can go wrong. I mean they they have faced some adversity. They have had Devonte Adams Devonte ah, Devante Adams out for the past few weeks. They have had Kenny Clark out for the past few weeks. And have they been down a ton? No, but the defense did give up first drive touchdowns the first few games and they bounced back well. So I I think that they've had some injuries on the offensive line too, and had guys shuffle in, in the middle of games, making their debuts and and play well. Lucas Patrick has played very well. Ricky Wagner has done really well. And uh, I think even with the the Kenny Clark injury, you get rid of arguably a, a top 100 player in the NFL, even though that poll on NFL network didn't agree, but you get rid of that. And then you have guys like Kingsley Kiki step up already. So it, it, have they faced the ultimate adversity that they're going to throughout the the four months of the season? No, things are going to get worse at some point. And at some point they will be down in a, in a game by 21. At some point they will have to bounce back from a loss because this team is not going 16 and 0. Um, but they have faced some adversity already. And, and they have come out in better shape after it.
2: Earl, um, the defense is eventually going to be really tested, and it's going to be late in a ball game in which they can are going to need to get a stop. I was really impressed with the way Atlanta drove 98 yards and still could not punch it into the end zone on that long drive. And as tired as that Packers defense was, they still stood strong. Was that one of those drives where you can look back and you go, that even though they've had some problems in tackling and fundamentally, that's where you can go back and go, you know what? They've got that in them. I can see that in this team. And they did it without Kirksey. They did it without Kenny Clark.
4: Mm -hmm. That they did. And they've uh, forced turn. Like this, this defense has made plays. I think uh, back to uh, Minnesota week one, uh, Jair Alexander had the, uh, uh, the safety, you know, they, they, I think it was right after a turnover or not a turnover, but uh, yeah, they ended up with a safety and he also had the interception and ran it back for a touchdown. So, I think of all these instances where this defense, I mean, maybe not late in the game, uh, they've made a big play, but they've had to when they were down. I think that was the only game that may have been uh, either down or kind of, well, that in the the Lions game, I should say. But uh, either way, I think that this team has what it takes. I think that Atlanta drive, because I was worried. I'm like, oh man, uh, they're going to punch it in. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a ball game again, but they stood strong. They did that. So. Um, they're going to get healthier. Um, they're going to get stronger as the, uh, they're going to get better. I think as the season goes on and I think that they'll have what it takes, but if, you know, those injuries or, uh, if they run into that offense that they just can't touch, then we'll see if that's the case, but I'm, I'm with you. I think they do have what it takes to, uh, get it done when they need to late in the ballgame.
2: This is the Bill Michaels Huddle. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about this team and the MVP chase because I think it's a worthy discussion. We've already seen it on uh, NFL Network uh, earlier this morning on Good Morning Football, and I found it rather interesting. We'll get into that discussion coming up next in the Bill Michaels Huddle.
1: Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. to watch from the sideline is good pal Tim Boyle take a snap in the victory formation and the knee and so things remain the same. Rogers and the Packers undefeated. Ryan and the Falcons winless. 30-16 is your final score. You know, as we get to the close
3: of our first quarter of the season, we've got a team full of fighters and warriors, but our second quarter cannot look like our first.
2: Well, you know, we got 12 games to go, and six of them are in division. And so we've got some definite ground to make up, and uh, we got to find a way to, you know, to make it up quick. Dan Quinn trying to hang on to his job down in Atlanta. Dating back to 2000, it's going to be the 12th time that the Packers will play a road game in the week following the bye, the Packers have won six of those contests of the previous other 11 games. Eight have been decided by single digits, including two overtime contests as well. Welcome back. It's Bill Michael Suttle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Seltzer, unquestionably good, only 100 calories. Go to BudLight.com. Scott Grodsky from CBS 58 and Earl Arms from PBS out of Milwaukee, uh, joining us here. So, Earl, I'll start with you. Coming out of this, uh, now we're going to watch tonight's game with Tom Brady and Nick Foles and the Bears and the Buccaneers. Uh, But coming out of this, um, how concerned are you about two different things? One, a road game, Tom Brady. And and Tom Brady obviously playing tonight, going to have 10 days to get ready for the Green Bay Packers coming to town as well. And the second Mm -hmm. thing is, they're gone uh, while they're not in the facility. They're not leaving town, but they're out on their own. And COVID has certainly popped up, obviously, with the uh, Tennessee Titans, who, by the way, are going to play the uh, the Buffalo Bills coming up Tuesday night. But uh, that said, how concerned are you for those two specific things coming out of the bye week?
4: V-E-R-Y, very. Uh, I say that for a couple reasons. Um, I'm, uh, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, of course. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their roster and I'm just thinking to myself, like their leading receiver right now is not Mike Evans and it's not Rob Gronkowski. You know, it's, it's Scotty Miller, but they have those weapons. Their leading rusher is not Leonard Fournette it's Ronald Jones, but they have both on the roster. So you have all these weapons on offense and we were just talking about the defense, right? You know, how are they going to uh, make a stop? Can they make a big stop when it counts? we will see that and they will actually face fans for the first time this season in tampa i mean albeit you know the, with 15 25% either way it's going to be an environment or type of game that the packers haven't seen before they'll be tested i am very concerned however um you know it won't make or break their season
2: Scott, how concerned are you? And like Earl alluded to, you are going to see a few fans. And then obviously your first road game is a travel game. Brady's playing tonight, which means he's going to have a little bit of rest. How concerned are you for uh, both of those things?
3: I'm not super concerned about the fans aspect of it. It, It's not going to be a packed house. And I I think sometimes that can be overblown a little bit regardless, um, especially if you're not going to Seattle, you're going to Tampa. All those fans have been fans for like two weeks. Um, but, uh, I, I think the one downside to having some fans in there is you might not be able to see Rogers use his cadence on the road, which has been very interesting just to see that actually be allowed to where he can basically have a home field advantage on the road. But I mean, I'm concerned about the, the offense for the, I keep wanting to say Patriots, the offense for the bucks. Uh, they do have a ton of weapons and Tom Brady is maybe not even on the top three of those weapons. His job is just to get it to them. I, I think by virtue of having the 10 days you have Godwin is probably going to be back uh, healthy. He won't be playing in today's game, but Fournette is playing in today's game should be that much more healthier after 10 days. I don't really love the idea of giving Brady 10 days to get ready for any defense. And uh, I definitely think it's going to be a test. I also think though that the the Bucks defense itself has been susceptible this year. So there's certainly an option for the offense to to go to work a little bit, but I mean, I, I think the well-rounded nature of Tampa's offense is going to present problems for Green Bay. It's a lot easier when you just have Mike Evans and you can stick Jair Alexander on him, who is turning into a Revis Island type player where you don't really worry about who Jair Alexander is guarding. Yes, the rest of the defense is better, but I'm not super excited about Kevin King going on uh, on Chris Godwin. I'm not super excited about anyone they want to put in the slot up against Scotty Miller or Gronk or over the middle, or I know OJ Howard is out for the year, but Cameron Brait is a, a very good receiving tight end as well. And their running game has been better than people expected it to be in part because of Fournette and in part because Ronald Jones has been much better than he was the first two years in the league. So I, I think there are a lot of answers we'll get about how good this defense is through the, the Tampa Bay offense.
2: Um, by the way, some breaking news. Adam Schefter reporting that the Bills-Chiefs game, which is uh, supposed to be on Thursday night. Remember, the uh, the Bills are going to be playing on Tuesday night against Tennessee. That Bills-Chiefs game has now been pushed to Sunday. But all is going to revert back if there are more positive tests in Tennessee, according to league sources. So, there you have it. So, the NFL is also getting out from underneath next Thursday's scheduled presidential debate. So, it seemed like a natural fit. So, they're trying to make it all work. So there you go. And, by the way, breaking news in the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network brought to you by Pennzoil, made with natural gas. The proof is in the Pennzoil. So, uh, Earl, um, I, I look at going through some of the, the weapons and talking about Tom Brady and such and, and giving him time to get ready for you. Um, I, I find it interesting that Tom Brady is nowhere to be mentioned, uh, even though the Bucs have started off 3-1, and one, uh, nowhere near to be mentioned when it comes to the top five in uh, candidates for the MVP. I did find it interesting that Patrick Mahomes is number five on the NFL network, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is number two right now. And then you've got number three at uh, Josh Allen and number four, Miles Garrett, the Cleveland Browns defensive end. And then Patrick Mahomes, give me your thoughts.
4: Uh, I mean, I don't have too much of a problem. Tom uh, Tom Brady being outside of that. I mean, think about the names. I mean, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes uh Aaron Rodgers I mean where would I mean where would the Packers be without Aaron Rodgers right now Devontae Adams out um you know I mean I know uh, Aaron Jones is uh coming to his own but uh really I mean what are you like where where would the Packers be without number 12 uh I mean, any of those names are, you know, le- legitimate uh, over uh, Tom Brady. We talked about the weapons that he has. I mean, it's. I mean, clearly he has to get the ball to them, but I mean, they have a running game. They have uh, guys who can uh, make plays uh, to get the ball and run after the catch. So, uh, no, I, I don't have a problem with it. I don't, Bill.
2: Okay, Scott, uh, the Packers 4-0 for the first time since 2015, led by Aaron Rodgers, who is number two behind Russell Wilson. And I had mentioned Josh Allen, Miles Garrett, and then Patrick Mahomes. Dak Prescott they have at number six, which I find somewhat of a head-scratcher. And then Tom Brady, uh, eventually number seven. Aaron Donald, George Kittle, and then uh, Watt Teller Wyatt Teller, I should say, of the Cleveland Browns, the offensive guard sitting at number 10, believe it or not. So give me your thoughts on the MVP chase early on at the quarter turn.
3: I think it's a four-horse race right now, and I think it's uh, one, two, three, and five. I I don't think Miles Garrett really has a a realistic shot at it, nor do I think that the guard on the Browns does. But it's got to be the first time in 50 years the Browns have had two guys even close to an MVP conversation. But (laughs) the MVP conversation has turned into the best quarterback on the best team for a little while now, or the best quarterback on a good team at least for a little while. I think Prescott stays in the conversation right now because it's too early to say the Cowboys are terrible, even though they've started one and three, and he's he's put up huge numbers. So if you're if you're going to Vegas, he might not be the worst guy to put a, a bet on right now while they're bad. And if they end up you know finishing the year eleven and five, he could be in the conversation. But right now, I think it's a, a four horse race between the the four quarterbacks on undefeated teams. I think Josh Allen, until he does it for a whole season, it's hard to trust a little bit. Uh, I think Mahomes is kind of like Prescott, where he could be a waiting in the weeds guy until eventually he just sort of explodes because he's the guy who you know can do this for 16, uh, 16 games. You don't know that Rodgers can anymore. And you don't know that Wilson can, even though Wilson's been great his whole career, but he's never gotten a vote for MVP. So I think right now it's Wilson's award to lose, but I don't think Rodgers is far behind him. And then I think there's a little bit of a gap before you get to the Allen and Mahomes part of things. Mahomes has the narrative working against him of everyone expected this from him. He's supposed to be this good. That offense is supposed to be this good. Uh, Allen is a little bit against him that he's in a small market Buffalo. And while Green Bay obviously is a small market too, it's not a small market in terms of the NFL. The fan base is entirely nationwide. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's between the two uh, quarterbacks with Wisconsin ties right now.
2: Earl, I'll ask you this. Uh, the Packers come into uh, tonight's contest. Obviously, you've got uh, the uh, Thursday night football game kicking the next week off. But as it stands right now, they have the largest point differential in all of football. Is it deceiving to say that they're the best team in football, or is that number inflated?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, hey, uh they've won all their games um they haven't won them all you know soundly per se but they've had control we talked about you know the uh adversity or lack of adversity uh that they face so uh the numbers are you know always what you say um you'll hear that like i used to hear that in the packers locker room all the time you know especially from uh my old friend donald driver who uh you know know, if we're You know we're four and six. You know we're four and sixteen. You know if so, if the Packers have the largest, uh, largest ratio from, uh, you know points for points against, then, uh, then that's what they are right now. They're a team that's had control of most of their games and they've uh, shown their uh, dominance over basically everyone they've played, save uh, New Orleans and, uh, you know at points, you know Minnesota in the beginning of mm-hmm. the Detroit game but either way they've had control of all of their games so I mean from what you've seen and what you can look at right now from this team and what you've seen around the league mm, yeah but yeah mm-hmm. I, overall it's a little deceiving because you can uh there's still what 12 games to go yeah come 12 on. to go yeah it's, get through this box yeah <laughs> Hey, Scott,
2: uh, I'll ask you this real quick. Um, It appears that the NFC, if you go by point differential, point differential, every team in the NFC West is positive. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals have the smallest spread. It's only plus six. Everybody else is over 25. And everybody in the NFC East, everybody has a negative uh, including the New York Giants, which are negative 49, the Cowboys negative 20, negative 33 for the Redskins, or I should say Washington football team, tough to break on old habit, and the Philadelphia Eagles at negative 23. And between those four teams, they're collectively with three wins. Is that now the worst division in all of
3: football? If it's not, it's close. I was actually talking to a, a buddy of mine about this today. It's, it's a tough call between them and the AFC South, uh, where Houston is on fire, um, the Jaguars are – the Jaguars, Mm. Uh, the Titans are good, but having a lot of issues that are not football related right now. And the Colts, it's hard to totally understand what they are. I think that the NFC West or NFC East is probably the worst one right now. I do think that the Cowboys are better than their record and better than they've played. And I think the Cowboys are a little bit of a team to watch out for and that Mike McCarthy got there and the offense is doing what it's supposed to do. Their defense right now might be the worst in football and that's any level college high school or the NFL, But uh, if they can get that figured out at least a little bit and get to the point where, you know, scoring 40 points in the game is enough to win. uh, I I think they're a dangerous team. I think that the Eagles have been banged up offensively most of the year. Uh, But I also feel like the Eagles are always banged up offensively. Um, I think they have a decent top two. Once those two teams can get things figured out, Washington and the giants are garbage. Everyone knew they were going to be garbage going into the year. I at least like what Ron Rivera is doing in Washington and that, you know, Dwayne Haskins wasn't his guy. He didn't make that draft pick. So he's not going to sink with it. And they, are making the move to Kyle Allen. Uh, Alex Smith is now the backup, which talk about an unbelievable story in Alex Smith, but I I think that gives them a fighting chance at least because you know, a team with Dwayne Haskins only has so much of a ceiling, but uh, yeah, I, I think I would say right now they're the worst division in football, but the AFC South is close.
2: Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We're going to come back with a lot more to discuss. We'll get into some of the better teams in the National Football League as well. Also go through our picks coming up later on in the next hour tonight. You've got on tap the Buccaneers and the Bears down in Chicago. Stay tuned. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light. Brewed with a unique five-step filtration process that ensures a cleaner finish and no lingering aftertaste. Only 100 calories. Go to BudLight.com. We've got more right after this.
1: Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Second and one, 15 seconds left, and Ryan will be dropped. Sacked by Zedarius Smith. You know, it's big, man, to be able to get this because he
3: challenged me earlier this week to uh, bring my all in this game, man. And I'm going to continue to do it because I started off slow. But as you can see, man, I'm back on track now to um, continue to, to be great.
2: Zadarius Smith started off a little slow, but he's back on track feeling good, and he has been... Uh, A guy that, uh, well, we've looked to to kind of pick up where he left off from last year. I did not expect him to come into this season and put up the same numbers because you kind of figured guys had career years last year. Not everybody's going to do it all over again. You'd like to think they would, but uh, we'll talk some defense. Scott Grodzky from CBS 58, Eric Arms, PBS Milwaukee, talking about this Green Bay Packers football team. Welcome back to the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer Unquestionably Good. Uh, Scott, let me go over to you this time and uh, with Zadaria saying, hey, I'm back on track. uh, Do you get the sense that you get Kenny Clark back and you get, uh, you know, kind of get healthy? Some of the younger guys have actually shown a little bit more than maybe what we expected. Do you feel better about this defense coming out of the bye week or
3: are you still kind
2: of uh, in the back with a lot of trepidation?
3: No, I feel better about the defense. I think there are still some things to to be a little bit worried about. But I think Zedaria Smith said before the, the Falcons game, he was talking about how it'll be nice to get Kenny Clark back so he can stop seeing all these doubles. That'll certainly help. But it's not just Kenny Clark. Rashawn Gary missed the last game. He's been pretty good to start the season. It's still... You know, for the 12th overall pick, you would have liked for him to have made more of an impact last year and be a little better at this point this year. But you're starting to see what they liked on him. He, he's playing much better on the first three games while he was healthy. Christian Kirksey looks like he could be a, a legitimate contributor on that defensive line as well. I think at middle linebacker, you still have some questions, especially with uh, uh, Kirksey uh, – I'm sorry, I was talking Kingsley uh, – Christian – Kingsley – Kingsley? Kiki? Kirksey. 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 Oh my. No, Kingsley Kiki was who I was talking about on the defensive line. Christian Kirksey okay, was injured a in middle linebacker. Right. All right. We got there. So there go. um, with Kirksey out, they've had to get a little bit creative with how they're, they're doing the inside linebackers. But I, I think that's something that can help them in the long term When you have some of these uh, Barnes type players and Summers type players getting a little bit more reps out there, that's still the concern spot for me out of this defense, but everything changes when you have a shutdown corner and you can, Cut off a third of the field with Jair Alexander, and he has been everything that you would have wanted throughout his progression from a very good rookie to a great second-year player to a bona fide superstar. I mean he he is one of the the top three, top five cornerbacks in the NFL right now, and that can change the entire face of the defense.
2: I was just going to say, uh, Earl, to to look at the secondary of this defense. Uh, I've said before, I thought it was one of the top, easily top 10, but close to top five. Do you agree?
4: Uh, top 10, top five, uh, from what I've seen, I'm not going to lie. Like I haven't, uh, like I'm, uh, I'm not where uh, it depends on where they sit, uh, as far as uh, the, the numbers go, as far as, uh, I know they give up and uh, they don't give up a lot of, or well, they give up a lot of points, but. Um, the, 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 the ratio is still the highest, but, uh, it's almost unfair to say right now, just because it's so early in the season and I don't want to keep, you know, giving it that, but you know, uh, Kirksey has to, uh, get, get back in there. Um, I mean, Jair is definitely, uh, 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 almost an Island out there, but, uh, once Kenny Clark comes back and then once Adarius Smith, uh, once you have those two together, uh, once again, I mean you could very well say that this team is a top defense, whether it's top five or not. I mean, you really have to look at the numbers and see, but uh, as far as what they're able to do and if they can uh, get this Packers team far, I mean, absolutely. You have all three levels where you have playmakers. So you have folks that can uh, change the course of a ball game. They can get that turnover. They can uh, get a sack for that safety at any point. They can, you know, come up with a big play on third down. So, uh, I mean, do they have what it takes? Absolutely, but to call them a top five defense per se, yeah, let's play a few games and, and, and let yeah. let the season progress a little bit.
2: Scott, does this team and we saw them—they didn't do it in the last game against Atlanta, uh, but up until that point, they had had a turnover, a key turnover in each performance, to that was really key in getting them a win. Does this team, as good teams, begin to follow? And let's just say we get to the postseason and we're watching this team play deep into the postseason. Do they have to have turnovers to win?
3: I think it depends a little bit on who they're playing. I think that right now they're playing well enough to where they can win without turnovers. Obviously, it's never going to hurt you to get them. Um, But as long as they can keep doing what they've done on both sides of the ball where the offense is able to do pretty much anything they want. The only issues they had early on were in the red zone and really inside the 10, but they've gotten better with that. And defensively, you know, obviously a turnover changes the game, but if you're able to, to do the bend but don't break as well as the Packers have at times, you can win without them. And the Falcons had a, what was a 10 minute and 36 second drive. That was 98 yards and didn't get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. it. Right. If the defense can do that, that's good enough to win games in the playoffs against a, a team like the chiefs. Yeah. You might need to, to get one here or there or force a whole lot of field goals because they're, they're just going to score. Um, but uh, I don't think that this defense needs to be as good as it needed to be last year. I don't think it needs to be as good as it needed to be a few years ago when Rogers was hurt and the Packers were struggling a couple of seasons. Uh, I think the defense needs to be a top 15 defense. It doesn't need to be top five.
2: Um, you get guys like Jonathan Garvin who were really opening up eyes before he ended up going uh, down with injury. You get Chris Barnes who has come in, and he was basically cutting and brought back, and, it, and all of a sudden he went from that to being a starter. And, and you look at what they've had, and Ty Summers, who everybody thought would see a lot more of the field and hasn't seen a lot as of yet, but – but Earl, are you excited about the youth and some of the young guys that are still making a name for themselves? Or are you thinking that this, because the question is, does this defense have the chance once they age a little bit to be dynamic, or do you think this is an average defense with a couple of good players on it and uh, they're going to have to win via the offense because they're not going to be able to rely upon this defense all the time.
4: That's why I love this uh, matchup with uh, Tampa Bay. I mean, it's going to be week six and it's going to be after a bye week, but I think that's going to be a real test to see where this defense sits. We talked about all the weapons that uh, Tampa Bay has, and uh, we talked just a little bit about who the Packers have on all three levels. And while they have those uh, uh, playmakers on those levels, they still have all these young players that uh, you really want to see what they can still do. I'm, like Scott alluded to earlier, I'm not always excited about, you know, seeing some of these young players. I'm not always excited seeing like, you know, Kevin King gonna, uh, you know, covering a good number two receiver. Like I'm, I'm not excited about that. Not to say that, you know, he doesn't make plays or not that plays can't happen, but uh, we haven't seen it enough on a consistent basis to where we can be comfortable with that. So uh, where, uh, am, am, I, am I excited about it? I think this will be a good test uh, come after the bye and when the Packers go to Tampa, and we can see exactly what they're made of.
2: Scott, do you feel they've got a good uh, a good group of guys that are untested, but they've shown you enough to say, wait a minute, maybe maybe some of the draft choices, maybe some of the street free agents they brought in are going to be pretty good.
3: I think they have some good guys there, and I think that like Chris Barnes is a great story. He went from he was supposed to be a trivia question of you know, who is the guy the Packers brought in for three weeks who played high school football with Jordan Love. He went from that to being a starter, um, which is a a remarkable story. But I I think for me with the defense, it goes back to a conversation, actually, that that you and I had on a huddle, I think last year or two years ago, where when push comes to shove, when you're talking about the playoffs and you're talking about making the difference between a good team and an elite team and a Super Bowl contending team, those middle-of-the-road pieces are nice to have. But the real question is, do you have pro bowlers on this defense? Do you have all pro players on this defense? And I think for the first time in a while, the answer is yes. And the answer is yes. in a bunch of different spots and having someone in Z'Darrius Smith who can create pressure on his own and who can beat double teams is huge. Having someone in Kenny Clark who can stop a running game by himself is huge. Having someone in Jair Alexander, who is one of the best cornerbacks in football, he, it used to be he's one of the best young cornerbacks in football. You can get rid of young. He's one of the best cornerbacks in football. Having those three pieces makes everyone else around them better. It turns guys like Preston Smith, who are decent players, into very good players. And it can turn guys like like Barnes, who are undrafted free agents, into guys who, no, you know what? This guy can really play. That makes everyone across the board better, and that's why I think this defense can be good enough for, for Green Bay to make a serious Super Bowl run.
2: Let's go do this. We'll go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back. We'll continue to talk about this Green Bay Packers personnel-wise. Next hour, we're going to go look around the rest of the NFL as well and make some picks. Buccaneers at the Bears coming up tonight down at Soldier Field. Stay tuned for that. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com. More of the Bill Michaels Huddle next.
1: You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Mm
2: It does help me in the second year, for sure. I feel a lot more comfortable. But, you know, I, I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about, you know, down years for me because a lot of times down years for me are career years for most court. Oh, my
1: God. That's
4: just like a, that is Yeah. Drop
1: it down. That was awesome. Good for you, dude.
2: Hey, it's yeah. just the facts, bro. Hey. That's Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee Show. Welcome back to Bill Michaels Huddle. It's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Now, the Packers have started 4-0 and for the 13th time that's it. You'd figure it'd be a little bit more, but no, for the first 13th time in franchise history, the first time since 2015, and they're the first team in NFL history to score 150-plus points with zero turnovers in the first four games of the season. Welcome back. Scott Grodzki from CBS 58, Eric Arms from PBS in Milwaukee. I'm Bill Michaels. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. Coming up tonight, you got the Buccaneers and the Bears down at Soldier Field. And uh, Earl, I'll come over to you. You got Matt Lafleur, the first coach in franchise history to lead his team to a division title in his first season. He has yet to lose a game in the division. Uh, I, I during the week, people are saying, "Well, they didn't play in, you know, in New Orleans with the fans." And well, Minnesota was supposed to be good, but they're not. What well, it's like everybody's making an excuse as to why not to believe in this team. If they beat Tampa Bay, is that then? The signature win that puts this team forward to say they're absolutely positively legitimate in everybody's eyes. I mean, I think they're a legitimate team, but there's a lot of people
4: that don't. Well, uh, Bill, you, you got to change the script. You keep saying Eric, uh, you know, it's Earl.
2: Uh, oh, Earl, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, Dan. no, 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 I know you're
4: good. I know you're good. Uh, no, but uh, yeah i mean you get these signature wins but um i, I sound like an old yeah i really do but i mean think about it. you 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 can get these signature wins during the regular season and then I, like I, I think of a signature win i was at back but 2014 it was such a big win when the packers beat the patriots at home and you know they had the best record in the league they looked like they had all this momentum going into the playoffs and going down the stretch uh so you have these momentum wins in the regular season but then come the playoffs You have a letdown. I mean, who could ever forget that Seattle game? Who could ever forget that NFC championship game? But that's what happened after that season. You had a signature win there. You have signature wins throughout, you know, any regular season. But can you turn those into uh, a a good stretch run to where you get to a Super Bowl and win it? We've just seen it too many times, Bill, like we we really have to where uh, this Packers team, you know, they'll get a signature win. They'll get that good win or, you know, they'll have a nice stretch, uh, you know, uh, relax, or, you know, we're going to run the table type. But this team has already been to the NFC Championship. Yeah, I mean, Matt LaFleur has won all his games in the division. But that's what we know right now. So, I mean, it's what we should expect. You did it your first year. Well, do it your second year, too. So, uh, let's see what happens. But I just don't want to be let down again. I really don't.
2: Earl, you're right. I look at it this way, and, Scott, I'll go to you, but – when you talk about signature wins, they were 13-3. and three. They still won in the postseason. Yes, they lost to a good San Francisco team who went on to, to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, And now they're undefeated yet again. I, I wouldn't know. what is it just because they're not perfect, people don't want to buy into it, that they don't have this punch-you-in-the-mouth stellar defense, it, that people don't want to give them credit? Why would you not want to give the Green Bay Packers credit for what they've done, not only last year but coming into this year?
3: I think people are scared. I think people in Wisconsin are scared of Wisconsin sports history. I, I, Earl brought it up a little bit with the, the Seahawks game. What was that, five years ago now? I can't believe it's been that long. But I, I think that uh, Matt LaFleur is, what, 19? No, I think it's 20. 20 and 3 in the regular season. They are a good team. They are a great team. They've been a great team for two years. But until they win that NFC championship game and go to the Super Bowl, you have a lot of memories as a Wisconsin sports fan of the Brewers game seven against the the Dodgers, uh, the Badgers losing in a couple of big 10 championship games, the Bucks, and what just happened this year, the Bucks a year before. There are a lot of these teams that are so close and so good. And then in, in, in a second it's gone and the season's over. And so I think even if they do beat Tampa and go to five and zero, oh, and have then beaten breeze and Brady and the Vikings who were supposed to be the divisional, uh, toughest opponent there are still going to be people who say yeah but they haven't beaten this team or yeah but they haven't whatever until they make the super bowl there's always going to be some level of, of fandom that is frankly a little bit afraid of being let down and i don't think they're wrong for feeling that way because there is 10 10 years 10 plus years of some really bad breaks when things get to that one step short of the World Series, Super Bowl, NBA Finals, right when you get up against it, things tend to hit the fan. So I, I don't blame anyone for being a little cautious, even though I do believe at 4-0 and and at uh, 20-3 and in the last two years in the regular season, this is a great team.
2: Yeah, I've said until they uh, get back to a Super Bowl, that 2014 game against – the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, that's, just, that's going to loom so incredibly large. I completely agree. Scott Grodzki from CBS 58 here, Earl Arms from PBS in Milwaukee joining us as well. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle, and we are brought to you again by our friends, Over there at Bud Light, Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good, naturally carbonated, gluten-free, and includes no artificial flavors. Cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, and strawberry as well. BudLight.com is the website. Got another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. We're going to come back and talk about the rest of the NFL. A little more Packer chatter as well. you got a good one coming up tonight. Tom Brady in Chicago down at Soldier Field taking on the Bears. Which team, I think we all would assume, but which team is for real? Going to come out of this one. At four and one on the season. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michaels huddle coming up right after this.
1: Sports Talk Network. In 49 other states, football is just a game. But this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Wisconsin fans demand the best the best analysis the best interviews the best coverage and no one delivers like the bill michaels huddle
2: With the Bill Michaels Huddle. We are glad you are on board tonight. As always, we certainly appreciate you hanging out with us. We are brought to you by our good friends over there at Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. are unquestionably good. Cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, strawberry flavors. Go to BudLight.com. That is the website. I'm Bill Michaels, Scott Grodsky from CBS 58, Eric Arms, or Earl Arms. I keep saying Eric because my buddy Eric was texting me a while ago and I can't get his damn name out of my head, but Earl Arms from PBS, uh, formerly of CBS 58. In Milwaukee, uh, all joining us tonight, and uh, and I apologize, Earl. I, I should never text while I'm on the air, but I got a buddy of mine who's actually in Chicago, wanting to place bets on whether or not the the, the Bears are going to cover by ten tonight. Okay. So I don't uh, feel I bad
4: be... I'm texting myself.
2: <laughs> are you, okay? I, I he's he's telling me he's he's wanting to put a hundred bucks on it, and I'm talking to him. And I okay, so that was the end of my night for uh, for that for texting. Hey, uh, let me start uh, over with you, Earl, this time. Um, I. We'll go through the rest of the NFL coming up here shortly, but they are having a hell of a time of it right now uh, down in, in Dallas. Mike McCarthy's first year, it is what we thought it would be. It is a ton of throwing the football and putting it on the shoulders of Dak Prescott. Their defense is absolutely awful. They've won one game on an onside kick. Are you surprised at how bad Dallas is under Mike McCarthy?
4: I kind of am because I always thought he was a a decent football coach because I, I really liked his philosophy. Uh, I mean, did he do some things I didn't agree with? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I thought he could be too conservative at times, but I mean, the way they're throwing the football around, I mean, you you wouldn't guess that, but I mean, they're also giving up a lot of points, Uh, but it almost reminds me of that 20, you know, the Packers team that went 15 and one, they scored a lot of points, but they also gave up a lot of points. Uh, And whereas they won, the majority of those games they're losing uh all of their games now under uh coach mccarthy so um it's not quite if you think about it that way it's not that surprising but it kind of is just because uh coach mccarthy's had so much success in green bay but i think that also speaks to the talent that he has especially with uh mr rogers there at quarterback
2: uh, Scott, I'll go over to you because, uh, the offense just in watching some of these games looks exactly like what we saw here towards the end, where it was just, you got Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield and you're getting away from him. You've got a decent offensive line. They're throwing the ball a ton, sometimes because they have to, but are you surprised at how bad the Cowboys are?
3: Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I didn't think really, a. uh, a... NFL team that's not tanking could have a defense that is as bad as that defense is right now. I mean, they, they still scare me in the playoffs. Uh, They're to me, they're almost a shoe in, which is weird to say at one and three, but the rest of that division is so bad. They're going to make the playoffs and they're a really scary offense. And uh, I think that McCarthy's time off helped him a little bit adapt to more modern offenses, which I think was a lot of Packers fans complaint with the past three last three or so years of uh, his tenure in green Bay. I think the offense looks really good. And if the defense can figure out how to just be subpar instead of horrible, they're a dangerous team. I, I don't think that they're a good enough team to make a real super bowl run. Cause I don't think the defense can be good enough for, for three or four games to get there. But if the defense plays okay and gets a couple of key turnovers, they can beat anyone because they can put 40 points up there. And uh, I, I definitely, they are not a team I want to play if I'm green Bay.
2: Uh, Scott, I'll go back to you. Two, two or three of the biggest numbers you, you can usually determine the outcome of football with is third down efficiency, turnovers, time of possession, things like that. The Packers are 51.1% uh, right now in third down efficiency. They have yet to turn the ball over, and they've dominated 34-20 on average to twenty-five forty. 40 This is like 2011 type of numbers, it, and this is without – jermichael and without jordy and without greg and without donald and without james you know is it it, i look at it as being more schematic because aaron Rodgers is getting rid of the football he's not giving defenses time to get to him and it almost looks to me like and i don't know how to describe it i said the other day it was like a symphony it's it's like watching a a ballet a well-constructed dance it's just been that good And you kind of wait to pinch yourself to say, can it be this good the entire season? These are numbers that I look at to say, these are the reasons why they're winning games. Would you agree?
3: Yeah, I think it goes back to what I said right off the top of the show of everyone was wondering, other than Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, what is Aaron Rodgers' best weapon? And the best weapon is Matt LaFleur. They have had beautifully constructed game plans for all four of the games so far this year. Again, the first two, they fell behind 7-0 right away when the defense gave up uh, touchdowns on the opening drives but the offense responded. And part of that third down percentage, yeah, third down percentage is huge, but part of it also comes down to they're having third and short because they are having good plays on first down. They're having good plays on second down and they're mixing it up to the point where defenses really can't just sit back and know what's coming. That was the biggest complaint with the Mike McCarthy final years was the offense got stale and other teams knew what was coming. You Mm -hmm. started to see, we heard all off season about how, year two was going to be different under Matt LaFleur. And it got to the point where I was kind of done hearing it because it's the ultimate coach speak. And it's the same as, you know, you go to spring training and I'm in the best shape of my life is what every baseball player will tell you. You hear it enough times and you stop really listening to it. But this year we're seeing what that actually does look like when there is an offense that is complicated enough to where it is much better in year two. I I think that they have looked great. And Will they go all year without a turnover? Of course not. Rodgers is going to throw a pick at some point on a tipped ball. Someone's going to fumble at some point. But they're not going to suddenly turn from this team that didn't turn the ball over for a month to a team that's going to turn the ball over four times every game. They're going to be few and far between. It's a team that put a lot of emphasis on taking care of the ball and on the flip side taking it away on defense after last year. And the, the points of emphasis that you've seen have shown so far this season.
2: Earl, let me ask you this. Do we make far too much out of the whole Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur thing?
4: Absolutely not, really. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Because, (laughs) uh, I mean, think about it. I mean, you... I mean, you keep going to the past, but I mean, you, you, think about it, you get a, you got a new coach, you got a, a new quarterback in the first round and you have this vet that's won a Super Bowl for you. Uh, that is, uh, in the, if, if not already in, uh, headed to the twilight of his career. And, uh, it's a storyline that we've seen play out a lot, not just in, uh, with the Green Bay Packers, but I mean, throughout the NFL, I mean, it's a narrative that's been there. I mean, with, uh, San Francisco, uh, Steve Young, Joe Montana, um, even in some ways with uh, Indianapolis, uh, uh, Peyton Manning leaving and then Andrew Luck coming into the fold. Uh, uh, so, I mean, you, you have these stories that have already uh, been out there and been put out there. So, of course, you're going to look at a new head coach and, you know, a a new quarterback and you're going to look at the old uh, veteran quarterback, uh, not, you know, like that in a uh, disparaging way, but uh, in a sense of the narrative, that's how you're going to look at it. So, I mean, it's not fair. I mean, it's not unfair to look at it in that sense, but. I mean, can it be overplayed or kind of overstated in a sense? I think that's how much you decide to consume yourself with uh, that type of talk or that narrative.
2: Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Uh, We've got uh, Earl Arms from PBS in Milwaukee. Scott Grodzki from CBS 58 joining me. We're going to talk some special teams when we come back as well. I want to get into that. And also, did the Packers miss the boat uh, on one particular player? I want to get into that discussion as well. Stay tuned. It's the Bill Michaels Auto. It's brought to you by our good friends over there at Bud Light Seltzer. Bud Light Seltzer, new to the market, unquestionably good, naturally carbonated, gluten-free, and includes no artificial flavors. Go to BudLight.com to see all the information And by the way, only 100 calories. We've got more. The Bill Michael Suttle, next.
1: 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We kind of live day to day here man and just trying to do the best job you can each and
2: every day and we've got a bunch of smart guys so certainly that helps your ability to throw
0: different things at them whether it's within the scheme trying to get to the best possible play and our guys are able to handle that that's a credit to them their understanding of what we're trying to get
1: accomplished and I I think that is kind of what can elevate your level of play
2: those are the words of Matt LaFleur, complimenting how smart his players are. It makes it easier for him to game plan. Welcome back. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle, and uh, we're glad to have you on this Thursday night. We're brought to you by Bud Light Seltzer, Earl Arms from PBS in Milwaukee, Scott Grodzky, CBS 58 in Milwaukee as well, joining us on the panel tonight. And, uh, guys, I, I wanted to talk, and, Scott, I'll start with you this time. Uh, I wanted to go and ask you about the uh, the special teams. Uh, it really hasn't done anything on. Un- dynamic it hasn't turned the ball over but you got Tyler Irvin with three returns seven fair catches uh, just 11 yards Uh, kickoff returns uh, Tyler Irvin seven of them 136 yards he averages about 19.4 yards per kick return it's not like they've been a lot or a lot of opportunities and obviously Mason Crosby has just the one miss when it comes to a PAT which is almost unheard of but um, special teams coverage has been something that in the past has not been good. Have you noticed an uptick in special teams this year?
3: Honestly, no, I haven't noticed much with special teams this year. And that's kind of the answer you want when you're talking about noticing special teams. It's nine times out of 10 bad. And with, with Tyler Irvin, yeah, he hasn't flashed as much as he did right away last year. But let's not forget how bad things were last year. At least it's not that where you're in like, what, week 14 of the season with negative punt return yards. Um, I mean, to me, I, I think as long as special teams isn't giving away the game right now, you don't need them to be elite. The offense is elite. The defense is pretty darn good so far this year. I, I think you just – you don't want to hurt yourself on that front.
2: Uh, Earl, I mean, with special teams being an important you know aspect of the game, nothing's been special about it. It's been good. It's been, like, as Scott said, something we really haven't talked about as far as the detriment goes. What do you thought?
4: I mean, I I think you really have to see when uh, weather gets a little colder and when the kicks start to get a little shorter and it starts to uh, get a little tougher to place the ball down and to, uh, you know, get your foot just right on it. Um, that's when you're going to see special teams either make or break your football team. Like you you see that happen. You see with uh, with good football teams, teams who win Super Bowls, teams who go on to the Super Bowl. They all like special teams always seems to err, uh in, in their favor in, in some way, shape or form. So um, for now, as long as they're not making, you know, too much noise as far as turning the ball over or giving up touchdowns, that's what you want to, to see. But I think that we have yet to see exactly what uh, special teams can uh, do for this Packers team, whether it will make or break them.
2: Uh, if, uh, I'll go back to you, Earl, if, uh, you look at what Mason Crosby's brought to the table over the years and every year you talk about a younger guy, a younger leg, how many more years do you think Mason Crosby has in him?
4: Uh, I, I mean, just thinking off top, maybe, you know, a couple three, maybe four years. I mean, uh, I mean, say for about, uh, maybe a, a year and. Uh, or or, uh, the better portion of the year, was it 2012 or some change, where uh, you're really kind of questioning whether Crosby is going to be your kicker. Like, this guy's been uh, a a stable, reliable part of your football team. This is a guy who's made all of his field goals so far this year, save the extra point. Uh, This is a guy who usually comes through for you when you need him to. Uh, So, I mean, he can, as long as he keeps, uh, you know, Picking the way he does, as long as he keeps co- uh, coming through, um, he has a few years left. I mean, regardless of whether another leg comes through, they don't have the uh, history. They don't have a, a Super Bowl ring, and they don't have the uh, big kicks that Crosby has under his belt. So uh, until he wants to leave or until, I guess, the team feels that you know they can do without him or do, a, do, do with a stronger leg, a stronger, younger leg, then I think Crosby's your guy.
2: Scott, he has, I can't believe it's been 14 years in the league for Mason Crosby at the age of 36. Now, his contract goes through uh, 2022, and then after that, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. And he's, you know, making, you know, three, four, five million bucks a year. Base salary is about a million and a half to two and a half. But, you know, do you think he's going beyond 2023 keeping Mason Crosby around?
3: I don't know. I, I don't know if I am keeping him around that far, but at this point I'm done betting against him. I, I think that right. making Crosby at what he's at is probably a little bit overpaid in terms of across the league for kickers, but it's also, you're paying for security. You're paying right. for someone who's kicked in right. the weather that Earl's talking about. You know, you don't know how good special teams or defenses until it gets cold until it gets snowy. You know what Crosby can do in that. And so you're, that's to me where you're getting your money's worth is, is on that security. And you know what, you look at the competitions, They've brought in probably two realistic competitions for him over the past 14 years. It was Giorgio Tavecchio and Sam Thicken. Sam Thicken is with the Jets right now. He's not a bad Mm -hmm. kicker, but he's not as good as Crosby and he had a better camp than Crosby that year. Giorgio Tavecchio bounced around, got a little bit of time with the Raiders, but you you take for granted how lucky sometimes the Packers were with Crosby and Ryan Longwell. And it just uh, kickers like that who can kick in those elements do not grow on trees it is they were very lucky for a long time and to me i'm letting crosby go until you have proof that he can't do it anymore and maybe by 2022 or maybe even now he's not as reliable at you know you're not loving the idea of putting him out there for a 58 yard field goal or a 60 yard field goal but it's worth it for the reliability under 50 especially in the elements Scott, I just, um, I'm sorry,
4: Bill. I just want, go ahead. I, I just want to say this. Or go, or I'm sorry. I just wanted to, like, go because uh, I felt like we've been so caught up with Rodgers and Favre in that transition to where we completely lost track of the transition from Ryan Longwell to Mason Crosby, and that is not easy to do. They're, like, the Colts went from Mike Vanderjack to Anna Vinatieri, and the difference was a Super Bowl back when they won one. So um, I, I don't think it's understated how important that is.
3: Well, and, and for how important that is, you just look at the, you know, like an hour and a half South, Robbie gold was great for 10, 15 years. And then yes they had an absolute disaster. That they still haven't recovered from double. Uh, going.
2: Well, they cut, <laughs> yeah, they cut him loose. And then he became a really solid kicker. After the fact, I mean, the Packers stuck with Mason through some troubling times as well when he just had a a weird swing to his leg and had to go back in an offseason and fix it. They stuck with him. It's paid off. The Bears didn't. It has not paid off ever since. Patience is a virtue, I guess, and that's the reason that's the cliche. Hey, defensively speaking, uh, I wanted to ask you about Preston Smith. And, and Earl, I'll go back over to you. Preston Smith uh, on the season, he's got five solos, three assists, eight total tackles, a half a sack so far this year. I know they're moving him around and dropping him back and such, but uh, are you looking at Preston going, Hey what's up with him?
4: Yeah, but not really. I think that, you know, he has uh, the physical tools. I think he's shown he has what it takes to make an impact on that defense. I think uh, yeah, like we talked about earlier, uh, Kenny Clark has to come in. I'm sure he'll help as far as, uh, uh, relieving some, uh, of the, uh, pressure, uh, there on Zadarius and thus, you know, that'll free up some space for him, uh, also. But I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that he's shown what it takes and I think Mike Petton is, uh, you know, a shrewd enough mind to, uh, figure out exactly where he fits and how he'll best uh, impact this defense. So I'm not that worried about him. So I'll, uh, i'll let the season progress I, I like preston smith i think he'll uh make a good impact
2: what do you think scott
3: i think preston smith is a is a good player I, I think that he the expectations were a little bit too high for him just based on being lumped in with the whole smith brothers thing where you know he's not zadarius he he is a good player zadarius smith is a great player he is a you know maybe uh, Uh, makes a pro bowl as an alternate Zedarius Smith is an all pro player. So I think that it's great that they have this bond. I think that chemistry, frankly, helps both of them. But I do think that sometimes Preston Smith gets unfairly judged as, you know, you look across the other side of the ball and Zedarius is doing X, Y, and Z. Why isn't Preston? The simple answer is he's not Zedarius. He's not as dynamic of a player. Um, And I I do think that Kenny Clark being out has hurt, hurt Preston. Frankly, I think it's hurt pretty much the entire pass rush.
2: Did they miss out, Scott, on Snacks, uh, not bringing him in prior to Seattle? Because he obviously, Snacks Harrison goes to Seattle and does had a scheduled visit with Green Bay, but never made it out of Seattle. Did they miss out by not adding the extra beef up front by not bringing in Snacks Harrison earlier?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that it made sense on paper. I, I think, though, you also sometimes we fall in love with the veterans whose name we've heard before. When it gets to that point, and that sometimes can happen with, you know, last year, the entire world wanted Mohamed Sanu, who's currently on the street as a free agent because the last two teams cut him. Um, Emmanuel Sanders hasn't exactly done much with the Saints so far this year. Sometimes you just you, you go for the guy that you've heard, but there's a reason Snacks was on the street right now, and there's a reason why, correct me if I'm wrong, Seattle signed him to their practice squad, not to the active roster. So mm-hmm. w- would it hurt to bring that guy in? No, it, it's not really exactly a high-risk Type of proposition, but I don't think the reward is as big as it sometimes can get played up to be, just because it's ooh, I, I've heard of this guy. Let's go get him, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Earl, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's it's cool to have a guy named Snacks on your team. You know, I'm sure, guys, <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure I'm sure it'd be uh, cool for you to kind of, you know, be buddy, uh, buddy, buddy, or you know, bump elbows with uh Snacks Harrison. You know, I mean, it's a cool name, you know. But I mean when it comes down to it uh, you know, are uh, these uh, big names or quote unquote, big names going to be that impactful? Um, uh, We're not in those circles, so we don't know. So, I mean, thus the, what's played out is played out. So um, I mean, they're looking a lot smarter because of it, but I mean, certainly uh, they're four and So, I mean, can you really argue with that?
2: Right, no, I, I completely understand. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll start to look around the rest of the National Football League. Start to make some picks for the upcoming games this weekend. The Packers and the Lions, both on the bye, you got a game in progress. The Buccaneers and the Bears down at Soldier Field. Get you an update on that. Stay tuned. We are brought to you by our good friends over there at uh, the Bud Light Seltzer. Bud Light Seltzer, naturally carbonated, gluten free, and includes no artificial flavors. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Suttle coming up next
1: everywhere in Wisconsin. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Blitz picked up. Rodgers has his man, the tight end. Tanyan for the touchdown. Robert Tanyan on the receiving end. 19-yard score. And make it three consecutive games with a touchdown catch for Tanyan.
2: I think the beauty in of this offense and Matt and, and, and Nathaniel and uh, Steno and the guys putting the plan together is, you know, we just had a number of different personnel groupings. There you go. Aaron Rodgers in company on the highlight coming out of uh, the other night, coming out of uh, Monday Night Football. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is coming to getting a win. They go into the bye week 4-0. And and now they wait for the next opponent who is playing right now. That is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They'll be traveling down to Tampa Bay uh, to take on Tom Brady and company who are currently in Soldier Field competing against the Bears. Welcome back to Bill Michael's Hutto. We are brought to you by our friends at uh, Bud Light Seltzer. Go to BudLight.com. Scott Grodzky, CBS 58, alongside Earl Arms from PBS Milwaukee. Time to make some picks and run around the NFL. The only two teams on buys this week, the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Buccaneers in Chicago, both of these teams at 3-1, and one, guys uh our earl i'll start with you um i'm not a believer in the bears whatsoever the buccaneers lead this contest early on three to nothing the bears have a pretty solid defense but i don't think they have enough offense to keep up i'll be taking the buccaneers tonight your thoughts
4: um i mean i i, I like the buccaneers uh, in this game uh i don't think uh the, the bears being at home you know really means anything uh right now uh but i mean i i i, I trust tom brady i trust bruce arians i trust uh uh, the talent they have uh, on offense for sure. But uh, I mean, e- even on defense too, I trust uh, the, the Tampa Bay and uh, uh, I'll, I'll take the Buccaneers
3: in
1: this game.
4: Scott.
3: You know, it's funny. I think that the bears are a little bit underrated right now. I think the bucks are a little bit overrated, but I still think it's the Bucks because uh, I'm on that bandwagon too. But uh, I, I do think that the bears are not getting enough credit for being a decent team. They're, they're three and one. And somehow everyone thinks they're like a six win team this year. They're not that bad. And Nick Foles is not that bad.
2: Uh, the Falcons, they're at home taking on the Panthers Falcons. Oh, and four to start the season. Panthers sitting at two and two. I, and I, I, the Falcons body language was we're done. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't fathom that Dan Quinn has got much more as far as the coaching life goes down there in Atlanta, unless they really start to win a lot of ball games. Um I, but there's something tells me the Falcons are going to get a win in this one. I don't know why. So I'm going to take the Falcons. Scott, back over to you.
3: I think they're going to win too. I think they know they're playing for Dan Quinn's job at this point, and I think the Panthers are. They're two and two. I get that, but they're not a good team. They're not a team that really I think frightens anyone, especially with McCaffrey out. Even though they're two and zero without him and zero and two with him, but uh, I think Atlanta wins. I do think if Atlanta loses, Dan Quinn is fired after this week.
2: Uh, that I would agree with Scott or uh, Earl.
3: Um uh, I don't I don't like thinking that
4: about someone's job. However, I honestly think the Panthers are uh gonna win this game because uh I, I like what uh Teddy Bridgewater's been doing. I mean, he had a nice touchdown on the ground. Uh I mean, especially with that horrific uh knee injury he had uh a few years back. But to see him actually doing that, he's been playing well. Um even without McCaffrey, I think that uh, the Panthers will uh, come out in this one. Then you've got the 1-2-1 and
2: one Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Baltimore to take on the 3-1 and one Ravens. Joe Burrow and company, A.J. Green, uh, not much of a target as far as Cincinnati goes. Uh, they got an okay defense at best, but they can't seem to stop the run to save their life, and in big moments they can't get it done. I'm taking the Ravens easily over the Bengals in this contest. Earl, I'll go back over to you.
4: Uh, yeah, I see Joe Burrow, uh, definitely, you know, coming to his own as a rookie quarterback. Uh, but as good as that story is, uh, Baltimore wins this one handily. I'd be surprised if anything else happens.
3: <laughs> yeah. There you but, go, Mark Scott. Jackson was a, a little bit rough to start the year just by his standards of the MVP season. He put up, uh, the year before, but he's, he played better last week. He's starting to get better. And as you said, Bill, it's a Bengals team that can't stop the run against the best running team in football right now. Uh, I'd I'd be shocked if it's close.
2: Yeah, I would too. Uh, Let's uh, get on. You got the Owen four Texans who just fired their head coach. Uh, An argument that erupted during the week with uh, J.J. Watt. Uh, The Jaguars come in with only one win to their name. They're playing in Houston. Not that home field advantage is a huge advantage at this point in time, but at least you don't have to travel. Um, Just because of the change, the coach – The bump, I'm going to take the Texans at home to beat Minshew Mania and company and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Scott, back over to you.
3: Yeah, I don't like agreeing with you on everything, but uh, I I kind of feel the same. I think that uh, you have a team that finally fired their coach against a team that should have fired their coach last year, but still hasn't done it. The Jaguars don't really have much to play for. The Texans do have a rallying cry of sort of proving that You know, J.J. Watt and the rest of this team was right. It it was time to move on, and there is still something here we're not as bad as 0-4. I I think that they win, and I I don't know. For a game that on paper should be kind of close, I think they win by a couple touchdowns.
4: Earl? They better win by a couple touchdowns. I mean, as much as I love uh, watching Gardner Minshew throw the football around, uh, uh, they got to be playing for something to prove uh, this week, the Texans. I mean, they win, yeah, you said by a couple touchdowns. Uh, anything less than that, I would definitely be surprised by.
2: Then you've got the Chiefs. Chiefs are at home 4-0. they got a divisional game against Las Vegas. The Raiders come to town sitting at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, I just uh, – right now, I mean, I sure to be the Green Bay Packers, I think the best team in the National Football League for what they've done and the wins that they have gotten. Now, that game against a Cam Newtonless New England Patriots could have been different if Cam Newton was there. Uh, I thought they played it a little bit closer than I thought it would end up. But I'll take the Chiefs at home in this contest against the Raiders. Earl, I'll go over to you.
4: <laughs> this, uh, uh, I mean, no, I'm picking the Chiefs. Don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to think of a way the Raiders could actually uh, uh, make this a game. And I'm having a tough time thinking that. I mean, they're uh, you're playing in Kansas City. I mean, yeah, home field, whatever, whatever. But. Uh, you're still playing the defending Super Bowl champions and you got to do it against a team that uh, uh, pretty much is one-handedly speaking of the Packers that are one-handedly uh, every game that they've played so uh, I think save one so um, I'm taking Kansas City for short.
3: Sure. Scott? Yeah I mean I think the only way the Raiders have a chance is if they get a lead and Josh Jacobs helps them hold on to it the whole way but it's just that it, I, I do a couple of confidence pools where you know you do 16 points to the the team that you're most confident is going to win one to the team you're least and until they lose every week i just put down 16 on kansas city i don't care who they're playing they're the best team in football they're the defending champs and it's really hard to pick against them right now unless you're talking about a spread
2: then you've got the cardinals two and two on the season out in arizona heading off to the east coast to take on a woeful woeful New York Jets team that that stink on ice like bad fish Uh, there's no way I can pick the Jets I'm taking the Cardinals in this contest Scott back to you
3: well it's a shame the Cardinals do play in that NFC West which is probably the best division in football right now because they if they weren't we'd be talking about them as one of the surprise teams of the year of what they've done in in year two under uh, Kingsbury and uh, Kyler Murray quarterback they they have a very dangerous offense I think this is a game that If you're going to be one of those worst to first teams that sneaks into the playoffs, you have to win the games that you're gifted against the last place teams in other divisions. So I I think they win this one. I think they win this one easily. And I, I do think Arizona is one of those teams you've got to look out for as a six or a seven seed this year in the playoffs.
4: Earl. You ever know how, like, you know, sometimes good teams or, you know, teams that are trying to come into their own, have those trap games, so to speak, the game that's, games that they're supposed to win. Uh, mm-hmm. As much as I want to, you know, agree, I just, I, I, uh, the Jets, I, I feel so sorry for them right now. It's like they've taking the place of the Browns right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to actually pick the New York Jets best because I think, uh, I think Flacco's uh, going to start this week, I saw. So, Uh, You know, you got to change your quarterback, you know, maybe a change of pace. Uh, You know, Le'Veon Bell's feeling good, so to speak. So uh, I'm going to go against the grain and pick the Jets just because they need a win probably more than, you know, anyone in America right now. Uh, (laughs) A sympathetic
1: pity pick.
2: A sympathetic pity pick. There you go. Uh, Steelers. Steelers are interesting because they did not play last week because the Tennessee Titans had COVID, so the Steelers had, in essence, a bye week to get ready to host the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are 1-2-1. and Steelers 3-0. Big Ben, he's back. He's healthy. He said he enjoyed the time off. I got the Steelers at home at Heinz Field. Scott, back over to you.
3: I'm going to take the Eagles. Why not? There's been too much agreement here so far. I think the Eagles are a better team than they've been this year. Um, I think Elshon Jeffrey is getting close to returning, which you don't want to be counting on Elshon Jeffrey as like a season changing boost, but the guys they're putting out there at receiver right now are guys like Greg Ward, who you've never heard of, unless you're in like a 20 team fantasy league and you're desperate, but Mm -hmm. it's uh, I I think they are better than they have been. And I think this is the kind of game where they can show it. And also, I think the Steelers are a good team. The Steelers aren't an elite team. The Steelers aren't a go six and and0 to start the season team. They're going to lose somewhere, and might as well be here.
4: Earl, you know what, well, Scott? I actually agree with you because I, 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 yeah, the Steelers are undefeated. They're coming off a bye, They're coming off a you know a bye, I think, or you know, a, 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 was coming off the guy, week I, without, without football,
2: went. basically. Yeah, the COVID week,
4: basically. So, uh, I mean, you know, maybe they come into this game, they're rested, but, you know, you're coming into an Eagles team that's kind of coming into our own, and I really love their defense, especially their uh, line. Uh, you know, Fletcher Cox, uh, you got Jackson, uh, Malik Jackson there, uh, like you have playmakers on that line, so um, I like Philly to give big Ben problems, and uh, I'll take the Eagles.
2: Let's do this. We'll step away, come back, get the rest of the schedule, the second half, seven more games on the docket. This is the Bill Michael Settle. It's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, and Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. Stay tuned. We got more with Scott Grodsky and Earl Arms coming up right after this.
1: Wisconsin Wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Play action fake, dropping Brady, looks toward the end zone. Brady throws, makes the catch, touchdown, Tampa Bay, fire them cannons. Great leaping catch in the end zone. Mike Evans, Mike Evans, Evans, fifth touchdown.
2: It's a long season and we're 25% of the way through, so it's not early anymore. You know, we have a decent sample size. We've got to figure out what we're good at, what we're not good at, and keep working to get better. Tom Brady and the, uh, the the Buccaneers right now taking on the Chicago Bears down in Chicago. Three to nothing Buccaneers early on in that contest. Buccaneers just punted the ball away. We'll get back into the picks. It's the Bill Michael Suttle, and it's uh, got Scott Krodsky from CBS 58, part of the panel. Earl Arms from PBS Milwaukee as well. You got the Bills, the Bills and the Titans, two undefeated. The Titans have not played. This game is going to be played on Tuesday now, on Tuesday, uh, because that's at least when they anticipate coming out of the quarantine and getting some of their players back, the Titans do. So, uh, look, I think the Titans right now have bigger fish to fry than playing a football game because of all the things going on down there. I think the bills win this one almost maybe going away Earl, I'll, I'll pick the bills.
4: Um, I like the bills too. I just really like what they're doing over there right now, especially this year. Uh, I like that, uh, especially their defense. Um, as much as I, you know, love Derrick Henry and, uh, you know, with the, uh, the, the Russian attack of the Titans potentially could do. Um, I'm taking the Bills. I really love what they're doing and where this team is going.
3: Scott? Yeah, I've been picking against the Titans for a couple of years now, and for the last two years I've been wrong about them. They've been much better than I expected. And I, I do think this can be the kind of thing where, depending on who is out and who isn't, this can be the kind of thing that galvanizes a team, as weird as that sounds. We just saw in the baseball playoffs, you know, two teams got hit really hard and the Marlins and Cardinals both made the playoffs. That being said, I I think that this is sort of the Bills coming out season. They've been the good team that no one wants to talk about for a few years with a solid defense and an offense that's been up and coming, and now that the Patriots are no longer the Patriots, this is their year to finally win the division. I I think the Bills get this win, and I think the Bills are are a 12-13 win team this year.
2: Washington has uh, benched their quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. They're uh, picking up a new one. The Rams are 3-1 and one and looking to be like the Rams were a couple of years ago. Uh, so I think hands down I'm taking the Rams. Sentimentally, I'd like to see Ron Rivera get the wins, obviously going through cancer right now and all the sentimentality regarding him. But I think the Rams are going to be too strong going uh, east or west coast to east coast. I'll take the Rams to go to 4-1. and one. Scott?
3: I think it's an easy Rams pick too, but I really do think that what Ron Rivera did in benching Haskins, who was supposed to be the quarterback of the future to, to give the team a chance to win. Now it is a great decision that you you can't commend enough. We saw when the Packers played Washington last year, I don't know if I've ever seen a team trust their quarterback less than Washington did in that Mm -hmm. game. And there's a reason for it. Haskins is just that he's got a long way to go. Earl. I mean, He's got a long way to go, but I mean, that's your pick. So. Uh, I would
4: have liked yeah, one
3: Rivera's pick though. <laughs> well, th-
4: this is very true too. So, I mean, it's kind of a casualty of, uh, you know, what happens when you have a new coach and uh, uh, someone there. And of course all the best to uh, Ron Rivera and what he's going through right now, but uh, definitely Rams in this game. Uh, uh, I'm not in love with the Rams and uh that team, but I mean, I do really like Cooper Cup. That dude is a playmaker, and he makes uh, – he's made my fantasy teams uh, uh, very successful
3: over the last uh, few years when I was playing. That's funny. I'm I, draft, uh, I have Robert Woods in like every league. <laughs> <laughs>
2: going to roll through these we got about 3 minutes to go. Uh, Dolphins on the road taking on the 49ers. Dolphins 1 and 3, 49ers 2 and 2. I think they're going to have well, you know, you got George Kittle back, uh Garoppolo's going to be back. I'm going to take the 49ers at home to get the win. Earl back to you.
4: Mm, I'll take the Niners. Uh and honestly, no real reason in particular. I know uh the Dolphins are uh I'm, I'm waiting on Tua to get in there I want to I really want to see him play but uh n- n- until then I'm just eh eh, eh. Niners go ahead and win this one
3: Scott yeah I've got logical reason but I'll take the Dolphins to win
2: Browns three and one Colts three and one I'm taking the Browns at home I can't believe I'm saying that but I'm going to take the Browns there's something about them right now that I got to think they got it going on Scott I'll be back to you
3: I keep waiting for the huge Jonathan Taylor game there have been a couple of good ones but nothing massive I think it comes this week. I think this is his, you know, hundred plus and one or two touchdowns. I think the Colts win. I, I think the Colts are a dangerous team in a bad division.
4: Earl, I mean, think about uh, going back to what we were talking about before, just real quick with uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, imagine this Brown team's. Uh, this Brown team is like thirteen and three or twelve and four. Like, do you know how? big that would be um and you know how you can have to consider someone to be an MVP uh for that team whether it's him or uh Odell Beckham I'm picking the Browns
2: then you got the Giants winless against the Cowboys with one win Mike McCarthy's uh record against the Giants has never been stellar uh but I'm gonna take the Cowboys at home to get the win in this one Earl back to you
4: um Oh, the Cowboys. Speaking of a team that needs a win, uh, yeah, I I, I may have misspoke as far as the Jets. Uh, Yeah, the Cowboys, uh, I know they got the win um, against Atlanta, but, I mean, that win was such a – that win should not have happened. And, uh, I mean, it really should be a 0-4 and 0-4 matchup. So, honestly, give me the Cowboys.
3: Scott? Yeah, the Cowboys have a really bad defense. The Giants have a really bad team. So, I'll go Cowboys.
2: Huh. We'll just we'll just grab the picks here. We got about sixty seconds. Uh Broncos on the road against the Patriots. I got the Patriots in that one, Scott. Patriots. Earl? Patriots. Vikings Patriots. on the road against the four and Seattle Seahawks. I'm taking the Hawks in this one. I don't want to, but I am. Earl, back to you.
4: Give me Russell Wilson.
2: Yeah, I think he's uh he's destined for almost an MVP, at least a few votes. And Scott, over to you.
3: Yeah, I think it's hard to pick against them right now.
2: The 1-3 Chargers go into the Dome down in New Orleans, and, and this game could possibly be moved, too, because of the hurricane, Hurricane Delta, but the Saints sitting at 2-2. Two and two. Something tells me the Saints, uh, I like the Chargers, but something tells me the Saints are going to get the win. Scott, over to you.
3: Yeah, I'll take the Saints. I think that Justin Herbert is, has played very well for playing a lot earlier than he expected, though. Earl? For that
4: reason, I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. There you go.
2: That's the way we do it. Guys, pleasure, man. Earl, great to catch up with you a little bit. Scott, always a pleasure to have you on the program, man. I appreciate it, guys.
3: Thanks for having me. All good. Appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. There you go. That is, uh, that's it. That's the Bill Michaels huddle. The game that's in progress right now. Just wanted to catch you up. Uh, the Buccaneers up 3-0. to nothing. Uh, Nick Foles has thrown a pick, albeit not his fault, but through a pick. Uh, the Buccaneers have the football and are driving near midfield. That does it. Time for us to get out of here. This portion of the program and the Bill Michaels Huddle presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good flavors of cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, and strawberry flavors. For all the information and all the new seltzer info, go to BudLight.com. Time for us to go. Have a going. Hoop.